Hey everyone, welcome back to the Health Chronicles podcast and a Mubarak to those who are celebrating the last couple of days. Today we'll be focusing on health checkups and how you can advocate for yourself during appointments with your doctors or your post-transplant team. But before we get into that, today is a very special day. Um, our co-host Fatu is celebrating her sixth year um, with her second chance at life. Um, so happy anniversary, Fatu. Yes, thank you. Give myself a little clap. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> How are you feeling? It's been six years with your um, with your new kidney. How's that been? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel today? I'm, yeah, I feel really good today. I feel very blessed. I, you know, did a prayer. Thanks God for you know, this journey so far, everything has been very swell, feeling really positive and very happy, of course. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Honestly, like um, our anniversaries or um, I know the 25th of every month just serves as a reminder of what I've been through. So I can imagine for you, I mean, six years is, is an achievement in itself. So congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so like I said at the beginning, we're, we're speaking into more about checkups and appointments. And I know this has been touched on um, on our social media platform, um, just how some appointments, just getting into the nitty gritty of how certain appointments go. But I think we want to focus more on how to advocate for yourself as a patient, um, how to prepare yourself. Um, for your various appointments when you're doing your yearly checkups or even your quarterly um, routine checkups. So for two, since um, since this is your anniversary, I'm sure you've been connecting with your transplant team and um, scheduling in your tests and um, appointments. So how's that been going for you? And this being your anniversary and um, this being six years, are there any questions that that come up for you that you feel like you've you've been asking or you want to ask your team and you've had your yearly checkups for six years now so how's that been like how do you prepare yourself for these appointments yes so overall for um preparing myself for the yearly checkups I try to stay as calm as I can because monthly labs um reviews are already so anxious so just you know imagine like different um you know you're getting a little bit more of extensive tests for the yearly so it can get a little bit nerve-wracking so I just try to stay calm I try to just be ready for whatever they're going to say I try to um, you know have my questions and concerns ready for them as well um, just to address anything out of the ordinary or just usual things too um, for the most part I feel like for the last six years um because everything has been so, you know, it has run smoothly, um, knock on wood. It hasn't been too, too bad for me looking forward to these appointments. Um, for the most part, I just try to see if everything is going well with the kidney as far as like there's no rejection, even checking for like, you know, skin issues, things like that for the most part. But overall, it's been, you know, like I said, calm, nerve wracking, a mix in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mixture of emotions. Yeah, um, I had my, and I think I mentioned this in in, the, in our um, past previous episodes, but I had a more extensive yearly checkup about a month ago, 
but um for me that was my very first yearly checkup so it was quite extensive and Mm -hmm. um like you said there's those emotions um that you feel as you're getting prepared as you schedule in your appointments and how I prepare myself um like you also is you know writing down any questions that pop up in my mind but Mm -hmm. um even just leading up to it, I think this maybe has to speaks into my um, anxiety. But sometimes um, I know for me, because especially with last year um, with the COVID pandemic, I didn't have the chance to really get into my yearly checkup. And so there's been a lot of questions building up for months. And um, what I have been doing is even just opening the notes app on my phone and just like creating um, just a specific um, note around questions to ask my post-transplant team. And every time I have like a question that pops up in my mind or um, an issue, a concern that keeps arising, I would just note it down. Like, okay, this is something I will bring up during my yearly checkup or when I see my doctor. Um, Sometimes I feel like, sometimes if it's urgent, then I go ahead and just send an email or a message um, on the portal to my team and just get a quick response from them. But um, I think we were talking about this before we started recording, but sometimes those moments when you're physically or when you're on the phone with your team, with your doctor, your nurse, those are precious minutes. (laughs) And sometimes it helps like just um, asking those questions when you have them on, on the phone or when you're with them in person because you get more out of it other than sending a message or an email because those responses tend to be quite short, straight to the point. And sometimes you just want to have a conversation about something. Um, I've noticed that my questions sometimes are quite general or require a conversation, um, doesn't have a specific, like straightforward answer. And so um, my the way I prepare myself, it takes, sometimes it's weak. Sometimes it's um, it's just an ongoing level of preparedness where I just like keep writing down or jotting down questions, thoughts, um, right. research that I've come across so that when I have my time with them, I, I know this is exactly what I want to cover. Um, and that's helped me sort of cope with feeling overwhelmed or anxious mm-hmm. about the appointments because I know these are these are the questions I want to cover and hopefully that will give me clarity but sometimes um you don't get the answers that you need especially if you've been thinking about this question or this concern for a while sometimes they don't get they don't get to answer it the way you'd you'd have hoped or give you the clarity that you'd hoped for but I would always encourage if you're in that situation to keep probing and asking more and just even just being honest and just saying, you know what, um, thank you, but I still feel like that hasn't answered my question or I still feel a bit unclear, but I'll get back to you if, if I have any more, for example. Right, right. I think, um, yeah, I, I can say that I have, um, you know, similar uh, stories or similar experiences as you. Um, for right now, um, I think the biggest thing for me for the six year checkup or sorry yearly checkup is um the dual rejection test that's probably the one that's of course the most you know nerve-wracking right because it's like we you know even though you're getting your monthly labs and it's constantly checking for any issues or anything like that the dsa test is what is it's like the overall 
um, testing for rejection. So that for me really, you know, making me nervous. Yeah. And I also special lab to check for that and like check for plasma as well to make sure everything is running smoothly. And um, an Allashore test too. Um, that's just a test that checks for like how much donor blood is in my system. That one I'm not too nervous about, but you know, it's still something that if it, the levels are too high, it can be kind of weird too. Maybe. That's a test that I feel like I have yet to do, or that I'm like completely unaware of for some reason. Same here. I'm yeah. just like, like my brain is like, is it something I've done before? But I don't know. Yeah. It sounds very foreign to me. So I definitely want to do the research around it. Cause like the DSA test yeah. is one I've done multiple times throughout just to check to see if there's any antibodies in my system. And if so, that obviously can cause rejection and like what the treatment options would be. But Right. I feel like there's so many different, or maybe there aren't that many tests out there for us, but I feel like there are only specific tests that I feel like our doctors present to us for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because of like their educational background or like just their preference or what have you, but um, that, yeah, that's one test that I have not done yet, Fatu, or that I need to look into. Yes, because I feel like that's an important test. Um, and same, I only he- started hearing about it in my fifth year of my anniversary. So I, so I, I wonder why they don't make it very known or maybe it's under different same. names or, you know, like you said, each doctor, each hospital uh, um, does things differently. Yeah, and I know we've all kind of talked about and discussed like getting a biopsy done, right? I know, um, Fatu, you have yet to get a biopsy done. Is that correct? Right, right. I've never yeah. have. <laughs> and then Fajuma, I know your team wants you to do it pretty like yeah. um, planned and with a timeline. And I think I've only had a biopsy done twice in my wow. almost 11 years. So it's just so <laughs> wild how different each person is. But I think this just adds to the fact that nothing is streamlined and mm-hmm. nothing is... Um, I guess by the books per se, because we all kind of have some differences. And I think that's what ties into the fact that like, yeah, having conversations is good or just talking to other people or hearing other people or like this podcast, for example, and these tests that are brought up that like those can then be brought to the attention of your doctor, whether it's that something that's been on their mind and that's something that they want to have you do, or if that's something that they can then think like, oh yeah, maybe that is a good idea. If like things do not change, then like we will set you up for a DSA test or we will set you up Mm -hmm. for a biopsy. I know I was the one advocating for a biopsy with my doctors and then eventually they got on board with having me do a biopsy, which is just pretty interesting. So it's like, maybe I planted the seed and then um, it grew and eventually led to a biopsy. So I think it's just, good I think knowledge is very important and I think people say that with a lot of things just having knowledge but I think especially with our health having knowledge of like the different tests you can do what each test means um how to read your labs and how to really take care of that of yourself and of that disease because I think a lot of times we're kind of in a situation that yes we do advocate it for ourselves and we're the ones that are our primary caretakers we take care of ourselves. Um, at least we do. I know other people have caretakers, but I think at the end of the day, when you're going to your doctor, maybe they don't expect you to know that much. So they kind of want to be like the front runners and like 
telling you what to do and like how things are. But I think it's good when you have information, you bring that to the table that they can see that you're also very involved in your own health and enrolled in your health. That absolutely that adds mm-hmm. value and they can see that and they're like, okay, she's doing her homework, you know, like she knows what she's talking about. And it's a good thing to bring that to the table. And I think in some ways that can benefit you and add value when you do go to them asking for certain tests or you do go to them um, asking questions that they're more willing to take the time to hear you out and answer versus kind of just trying to like get you out of the conversation, you know, or like Mm -hmm. change the conversation somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And what do you ladies think? um, What are some of the important questions to ask during your your routine, quarterly or yearly checkups? Um, For me, the most important questions would um, be to ask a question of like, what are the state of my kidneys? How are they overall looking? See any rejection? Um, In addition to that, I usually ask like, what more can I do for my kidneys? I'm drinking my two liters of water every day. I'm, you know, trying to stay on the course of eating healthy. I'm trying to take a few um, vitamins, but what, what more can I do to, you know, make sure this kidney has longevity? Is there any extra tests that need to be done? Just for me, it's, it's all about like preventative method, measures um, just to make sure the kidney lasts a long time yeah. and such. How about you, Haral? Yeah, I would say going into any conversation, um, I think the biggest thing is after you get your lab work done is to review your labs. I would say if you can, just to give you a gauge of like, okay, what does my creatinine look like? What does my tacrolimus look like? So then when you go into the conversation, then you can say like, hey, my tacrolimus looks kind of high. Like, is that concerning? And then they can give you feedback or like my creatinine looks high. Like, okay, what are the next steps? is this something to be concerned about? So then you can have the conversation of like, okay, should we do a DSA test? Or should we wait and get tested in a month from now and then see if things have changed? I think what I've also learned, and I think in the more recent years is when doing lab work, for example, of like, okay, when to do lab work and when not to, or like, what are the things that will affect lab work, for example? So I've recently learned like, exercising the day before doing labs can affect your creatinine levels or like obviously not hydrating enough can affect your creatinine levels. So like, what are the variables that can affect your test results? I think that's a a good question to ask. Um, Another thing is, yeah, what can I do? Or like, what are the next steps? Is there anything I should be doing um, for the time being to like support with the lab work or to get answers for things that look a little questionable? I would also say talking to them and asking like, okay, when is the next appointment? When do you want to see me next? Or like, when should I do my lab work next? You know, do you recommend going to see any other specialist or having something else checked out that may be, you know, affecting you, which is like a side effect of your medication or having kidney disease? Um, I know a big one is to like, go get your eyes checked. Um, get your skin checked, get your teeth checked. Um, those are probably things that people just find a bit annoying maybe, or like just another thing that they have to do, but it definitely ties into your outcome with having a transplant and having kidney disease because with your eyes, for example, hypertension affects 
your, your, your blood vessels, right? Which we have all these nerves and vessels behind our eyes. So that's something to be mindful of. Dental with having your teeth checked, people probably think like, oh, this is whatever. Like I haven't gone to a dentist in like five years, but it's like our gums are a lot more sensitive because of the immunosuppressants and like having cavities and having infections could seep into our blood, which can affect our kidneys. So it's a lot of things that are connected. I think we're probably not aware of. So even just asking like, okay, what are additional things that I should do in regard to healthcare and just taking care of my overall health um, that like maybe I'm unaware of and they can definitely point you in that direction. I feel like a lot of times doctors are kind of just like streamlined and what they want to talk about. So it's like you getting out of the box and asking other questions. Like they have the information. They just don't know if they should share that with you right up front, you know? So it's like talking about it and even just asking the most random questions. I'm sure you'll get something insightful out of it at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. You need to advocate for yourself and realize that that you are that you are the one taking care of yourself. You're, you are your own primary care taker. And so just owning that and owning your responsibility um, in, in that conversation, in the process, um, and just asking the right questions and just um, holding yourself responsible to that. And also with all the follow-up checkups you've mentioned here, like I'm um, going to see, like going to get your eyes checked out, doing, I'm um, going to see a dermato- uh, dermatologist, skin cancer, and even for, um, um, even seeing the gynecologist, um, seeing the dentist, um, even when you go into those appointments with with doctors in different department, different areas, just making sure that you're sharing your background, your history, and letting them know that you're immunocompromised. These are the medications that I'm on. Um, this is what caused my kidney failure, and I've been on a bit. I've had a transplant for X number of years, so that they are aware of of the situation. And when they're doing their follow up checkup, or when they're doing that checkup, they are um, keeping an eye out for some of the side effects of immuno- immunosuppressant drugs or um, some of the situations that arise um, within transplant patients so that they can keep an eye out on that and just um, note that down if they find anything. Um, because sometimes it helps to sort of lead the conversation with your doctors, with your team and lead them in the right direction and not just assuming that they know everything or that they will be diligently looking at everything. Um, because between the three of us, we are in our 20s, we are quite young. And so um, there's a lot of assumptions that go with that. Um, that you're a healthy person just by looking at you. So you always need to advocate for yourself, um, especially when you're meeting with doctors with teams outside of your transplant team, because they may not know what your situation is. Um, but I personally have had a recent eye checkup because I do wear glasses and contacts. Um, and I know the first couple of months post-transplant, I had these very intense headaches around my eye area and they pop up once in a while and I always, um, I'm always concerned because I wonder if it's going to, if there's going to be anything that would affect my eyesight. And so it's something that I always note down and share with um, eye doctor. But even with the skin cancer check with the, the dermatologist, that's something I did for the first time with my yearly checkup. And um, just, it was a learning, it was a learning moment um, just in terms of how quick, how quick these appointments can go. Um, like I said, like Kiral said, um, these things feel can feel unnecessary or something out of your way. You feel like it'll take forever, but the skin cancer check for me took less than three minutes. I'm not even kidding. Um, and it also just affirms 
you know, okay, everything is okay with me, like holistically, I'm from all different angles. Um, and just doing the skin cancer check on a yearly basis is so important because of the drugs we take and knowing that we're more susceptible to skin cancer, um, which just ties into the fact that it's very important to um, wear your sunscreen and just um, take care of yourself. But um, have you ladies connected with doctors in these areas and followed up with them recently? I had my recent um, dermatology appointment and I do this annually. So I feel like that is kind of like streamlined in the fact that I know what to expect every single year. And like, luckily every single year has been a good year. <laughs> um, nothing has popped up or anything that's been noticeable that could affect me. Um, what I do want to say is when you see a dermatologist, sometimes people write it off because of the fact that they're like, okay, I don't need it because I have like darker skin Be or like, because people who have lighter skin are more likely to honestly have these kinds of issues with um, skin cancer, um, especially if you're on immunosuppressants, but I have like brown tan skin, right? And going to the dermatologist, um, usually I, I, they don't notice anything or see anything, but like at the end of the day, like he's able to track like even the slightest thing on my skin and know that like next year when I come back that if he sees that same spot and let's say it grew or it stayed the same that he's able to tell if there are anything on my body that are like growing so I think it's helpful to be consistent because they will keep track of every single part of your body and if anything has changed if you don't feel like it's noticeable but like they can then do the comparison when you see them after a year that they might be able to catch something that you had no idea about. So I think like it's good to have an extra set of eyes, even if you feel like it's not necessary, because at the end of the day, it is tough to just be taking care of yourself all day, every day and be the one that's like constantly responsible and accountable for your health. But to have that extra set of eyes um, is also helpful because yes, if you do have some sort of skin cancer and if that develops because of being on immunosuppressants that's a completely different treatment in itself right mm -hmm. and so I think if you feel it if if you can prevent that I think that's the best that you can do um and a way to do that is to go get checked every year because we're dealing with chronic kidney disease right <laughs> If you have a transplant, then you're, you're trying to make sure you're, you get longevity out of the transplant. So you don't want to add any more treatments and conditions to yourself. I don't think anyone does. Mm -hmm. So I think it's smart to, to definitely don't write anything off and think that, you know, take it as fact because, um, anything could change at any point. And yeah, within the, a year, so much could change too. So I think even just having that one day out of the year, like it doesn't take too much time out of your livelihood to do that. And like what you said, your checkup only took three minutes. So yeah, you'll be out. Answer. Yeah. Yeah. In and, and also out. sometimes the, these, these appointments, like, um, like just even just understanding, because through these appointments, you're able to have conversations with these specialists and understand, okay, um, like like you like you said, Hiral and Fatu, what's next? Um, how should I take care of my eyes? What do I watch out for? And even with a skin cancer check, the dermatologist will share with you, this is how you can um, watch out for um, any like abnormalities or growth on your skin. 
This is how you can do a skin cancer check at home for yourself. And if there's a concern, this is how you can reach us. Just getting that information and empowering yourself with that information is so important. And you'll be able to do so during these um, sort of specialist appointments. Um, even with a dentist, how do I take care of my teeth? What do I watch out for um, as an immunocompromised patient? Um, you know, and just, just understanding where you're at overall holistically um, is so important. I think as post-transplant patients, we really focus our attention and energy on just post-transplant care, um, but we need to also just um, realize and understand that there is so much, um, so much that the immunosuppressant drugs that we take, they affect so much of, um, of the rest of our body that we need to keep an eye on everything else, which can feel overwhelming, but there is that support system. There are specialists out there who have experience and knowledge and having those yearly checkups um, can help so much. And they're just in and out, easy peasy. Um, Absolutely. I know, so just going through what happens, as so I know we've talked about sort of what the questions, questions we can ask during appointments. And I know um, Fatou and I just touched on this a little bit earlier about how sometimes, even if you have your list of questions and you've come prepared for, for your appointments, um, sometimes it feels like you didn't get all the answers that you needed um, or you felt like um, just not completely satisfied on how that appointment went. Um, how do you ladies usually feel after your quarterly checkups or your yearly checkups and appointments? Um, do you walk out of um, your doctor's office or your nurse's office like, okay, I feel good about this conversation. I feel prepared. I know what's next. Um, I feel confident on what I need to do. For me, um, for the most part, it, I do feel like very confident and I do feel a little um, assured that everything is going well. But then, like you said, um, when you're not able to get the full answers and like request every single detail, um, because sometimes it's just unnecessary to maybe do all of those tests, it is a little bit of a disappointing feeling for me. Um, just because like, um, as I was telling you guys, even though this is not my kidney um, checkup, but it was just like a regular physical exam. Um, I was telling my new doctor that I wanted like all of these hormone tests done. I want this, that, and the third done. But she was telling me like, you know, typically we don't really check for things unless it's like, you know, you're com it's a complaint or it's bothering you, something is paining you. So um, that's kind of the same thing with, with, with the yearly checkups. They'll check for everything on their radar and what they know of. But then if you're wanting to go deeper, into certain things that you've maybe heard of. If you know another can uh, transplant patient and they told you about this, maybe you're asking your doctor about it and they're like, well, maybe that this is not necessary. It's, it's a bit of a disappointing feel for me because it's like, I want to know everything, you know, because you want to be, it's, it's also that control aspect too, that you want to know everything. You want to oversee whatever's going on. That's like my personal experience. And I wanted to say too, in addition to your like checking on like other preventative cares, like you guys were saying about dermatology. Um, I just want to say that like for me, my biggest thing other than the kidneys is checking for like gynecological issues, just because that's a little bit, you know, hand in hand with the kidney, like whatever, like if you have a UTI or you have like a pelvic infection, it can turn into like a kidney infection. That has been my personal, um, I would say like the most complication for me is getting like those constant irritants 
So like, you know, maybe this time around during my transplant, I'll ask my doctor if there's anything fully that I could do to prevent them. They'll tell you certain things like use water, or, you know, uh, wipe up. But I wonder if there's things I can do more not just like, oh, drink some cranberry juice or take some azo pills. Like what actually can I do because it's a reoccurring issue? That's just for me personally, though. Yeah, I feel like there's so many things that um, can affect the kidney. So at the end of the day, you have to be very in tune with your body or just know that like, if something's not feeling right, you'll go and ask someone about it, whether that's your primary care physician, that's your nephrologist or whomever, but just getting things checked um, when things don't feel right. Don't give yourself too much time in between and wait it out. Cause like we can't really wait it out. And I've done that before where like, I've just kind of waited and I've kind of just let things kind of go by and see what happens. And there have been, luckily I haven't been hospitalized too many times, but um, there have been times where I have been hospitalized. Right. And then I had a UTI for example, and that I had like no symptoms from absolutely none. And so it's kind of just going under the radar. And then one day you get really sick and then you find out like you're super close to having sepsis, right? And sepsis is when your body goes into shock, which is like an extreme reaction. So those are the things that we, like clearly I didn't have an idea that that would happen, but since I have a transplant, the transplant essentially was kind of canceling out those symptoms. And I had a weird, I had like a, a weird or random case, like a one-off case where like, I didn't have any symptoms. And so just knowing that, like, what are the precautionary things you can do? And if anything happens, if you notice anything that just doesn't feel right, just go and ask somebody about it or go get tested uh, or just go in and just get a checkup um, because we don't really have too much opportunity to kind of just wait. Um, I would say with everything else and just getting tested and all of that. I feel like I've built a team now where I feel confident that like when I do ask questions and I do engage with them, that I'm in good hands. Um, I do have those times where I get a little worried and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next? But I think at this point, having kidney disease, you don't really know what's going to happen next. So I think the main thing is just like, staying on top of things yourself and also advocating, meaning like go and talk to the people that you need to talk to, go and do what you need to do um, versus waiting and being super passive. It's like being very passive and having a health condition is kind of difficult to do because essentially no one is living in your shoes, right? So like unless if someone inquires with you at once a month or every three months, that's the only way to really understand what's happening with your body. And so if you don't really know what's going on, no one can really help you. So I think the best thing to do for yourself is just to really understand your body, understand your baseline and your limits and um, to find the doctors that will really advocate for you and that are an extension of yourself because like what Fatu was saying with her recent experience with the gynecologist and like, or her primary care physician is um, we're in a healthcare system that a lot of times it's more reactionary based versus preventative. And I think the main thing is just to like 
keep wearing people down and <laughs> go to whoever you feel like will actually listen to you because we know our body best and maybe they think we're just hyper paranoid, but like we have a chronic condition. So we are pretty sensitive to things. And I think you can understand and know yourself, like if something is happening or something's going on that you can ask somebody, Hey, can you do this test? Or, Hey, this is what's coming up for me. Like, what can you do about that? Or who can support me with it? And I feel if people turn you down, then I feel like you just talk to the person that will actually listen to you. And so you kind of have to maybe go through a few different doctors, but I feel like there are really doctors out there that want to hear out their patients. Um, unfortunately, it's not as common anymore, maybe because the system is so impacted, but keep asking, keep asking, do your research, knowledge is power. So if something is happening and you don't know how to explain it, do your research, see if there's a term out there that resonates for you and then bring that to somebody's attention, um, email them, call them and just keep pushing. And I feel like eventually you'll get the answers and you'll get where you want to be. But um, yeah, we know our bodies best. So I think um, it's important to advocate for yourself by becoming knowledgeable and really understanding what you're dealing with. And um, I feel like if you bring that to the table, then doctors will see that you're really passionate about your health and you're really enrolled in taking care of yourself, that I feel like they will see the value in that and they'll see longevity and want to actually support you, even though they should support you in general. I feel like sometimes doctors just feel like patients don't care sometimes. And so I feel like if you show that you care, especially about your own health, that adds significant value. Exactly. It was well said, Pharrell. Well, thank you again, ladies. This has been super awesome.